what you call happy music right there. Are you happy today? Amen. It's good to be in church. Thank you, Danny and Danny. I, uh, I bet you guys could eat an Everly Brothers song up. It's awesome, man. I'll tell you what, it's a, such a blessing. When there's something about family harmony, isn't there? Just family harmonies that, you know, it's amazing. Well, anyway, it's great to be here. Good to see all of you. We welcome you, as I said earlier, if you're a guest. Um, I'd like to pray real quick as we, uh, as we start this part of our service. Father God, I just pray that you would lead me and uh, give me the words to say, Father. And I pray that uh, your word would go out as you said it would and would not return void. And I pray, God, if there's those hurting in this place today, that we can find peace, all of us, in you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I, uh, you know, we've been doing this sermon series, and today is week four. I told you it was going to be four weeks, and when we wound it up, it was going to be a, a call to action kind of a Sunday, and that is today. Um, we've created these logos, so to speak, and I believe that each one of our sermons have been on principles that are in the Bible. And it's interesting because uh, it's basically four uh, words that we've been talking about. The first one was committing to a personal and growing relationship. And I ask you as individuals to pray and to ask God to teach you, show you uh, how he would, what he would want you to do in the kingdom. And it's amazing, over the last three weeks, people came to me and said, you know what, I need to join the church. We had three or four join the church. I had uh, two or three come up to me and say, well, I want to start a share group. I want to start one of those life group things. I had one folks so told me, said, I can't do it until the fall, but I've done that before. And here I am sitting here, and there's a lot of people, I look around, that's our age, and I want to get involved in that. And I said, hallelujah. That's a good thing. The second thing that we talked about uh, was come together often and bring others. Do you know we have 38 life groups in this church? There's 38 different life groups that happen in this church in a week. 406 people attend those. That's 46% of our congregation. I'm shooting for 90, Chad. Shooting for, is it high? You think that's a high number? I'm excited. We have about 10 to 15 visitors a week. You know, we have a church that's moving and growing and people are involved. And uh, as we come together weekly, we need to continue to invite others. It's not about the numbers. It's about reaching people with the gospel. And when you do that, the numbers go up. And as our church grows larger, I want us to grow smaller. Because I think we need to be plugged into smaller groups. As we come in here, I've said this before, a lot of you don't even know who the person is sitting behind you. You don't know their first name, right? Because you, you, you probably not talk much. But all of these groups that we have going on and coming together and sharing with these connecting groups, we learn and we, we get involved with each other's lives. I'm happy to tell you uh, that these groups are growing. It's wonderful that some of you are praying and seeking God's will, and I give him the glory and honor for that. And so today we talk about the last one. The last point. And every ministry that we do in this church, you're going to see those diamonds that are out there on the, on the uh, marquees that we have. Every ministry that we bring into this church in the future will fall under those categories. So it may be a blue one, it may be a yellow one, but it's going to be something to do with one of the things that we've talked about. And the last one that I want to talk to you about today is contributing our spiritual gifts and finances. Oh, Lord, there he goes. He's been here four weeks, and now he's going to talk about money. He's a Baptist, you know. I, uh, I'm a little apprehensive about that, but we'll get to that in a minute. I want to read something. I want to share something with you. I read a Gallup poll that was recently taken. I was in the last few years, and here's what it said. Listen to this very closely. It said, only 10% of American church members are active in personal ministry. 
of all church members have no interest in serving in any ministry. 50%? And listen to this one. 40% of people in church have an interest of getting involved, but they haven't been asked. We're going to fix that today right here. We're going to fix that. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you out of the book of Corinthians. And it's going to take them a second to pull it up. I don't normally read this many verses of Scripture, but I think this is important because I think it's about where we are in our church life. Can you guys pull that up for me? All right, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you have your Bible, I would mark this if I were you. In my Bible, it's highlighted in orange, my favorite color. But it's really good. Check this out. Here's what it says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Catch that? To one, there's given the spirit of message of wisdom. To another, message of knowledge. By means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that same one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these things are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one of us just as he determines. Just as a body, though, it's one, has many parts, but all uh, its many parts from one body, so it is with Christ. Watch this now. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And if the foot should say, because I'm not the hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. Did you catch that? And if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if they were all one part, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. You following me? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put together the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body. Catch that? But that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, and then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Check this out. Now, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. And he goes on in chapter 13, and he talks about love. The point of reading this today was because I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the ecclesia, the body of Christ, you, 
me. We're in this together. And we've been building this. And I want to tell you today that every one of you has a gift. Now, you know what? It may not be, uh, it may not be something that puts you up here on the platform. Whew, right? But you have a gift. And God has blessed you. I think churches miss this point sometimes because you know what? We try to be something that we're not. God has brought us here, brought you and me here for this moment in time. With your special gifts and with my gifts. And we all have gifts. We, we use those gifts for the kingdom. And just as this illustration talks about, we're effective and we need each other. You know, I believe that every minister is a, every believer is a minister. It's not by vocation, uh, but that's being said, we're all ministers. We all should be sharing the gospel. Jesus didn't talk about in the last, uh, last part of that saying, go into all the world. He didn't say just the preachers, did he? Y'all out there this morning, or are we? He didn't say that, did he? He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the great commission, and that's for all of us. And so we contribute our spiritual gifts. And I believe that we should. There's four reasons. Here's one of them. I believe we should contribute our spiritual gifts because every believer is a minister. 1 Peter 2.5 says, You come to him as living stones, a spiritual house that's being built into a holy priesthood. Uh Uh-oh. Priesthood. That's a good word right there. A spiritual house for God. Revelation 4 says, 1.4 says, He has made us a kingdom, priests for God, his Father. Amen. You know what that means? That means that you have personal access to Jesus Christ. You don't have to go through anybody. Somebody say amen. Amen. God gave us that through Jesus Christ. And we are a priesthood of believers. As Christians, we have direct access to God with our prayers and the concept of saying yes to Christ. Joining a church and then attending and not getting involved, I want to tell you today, is not a New Testament teaching. These statistics are scary. They're scary. I know that there are seasons in our lives, all of us. I'm 57 or 58. I don't know where I'm at on that. <laughs> Whatever it is, I always say it wrong. So she, I just look at her and she shakes her head like this. But at any rate, the thing that I have learned is that as you get older, you look back over your life and you recognize that there were seasons in your life. Wasn't there? Isn't there? There were things that were happening when we had kids. We have two beautiful daughters, and I remember we were in the youth group, and if you, those of you that know me, you know I'm not a kid person. <laughs> but I was in the youth group. I went with them. We went on trips and had a good time. It was a season in our lives, in our married life. There came a time when our kids got older and didn't want us around. You know what I'm talking about. And then my kids got married, and now we're grandparents. It's a season. But Diane and I broke off, went to different groups. She was in a ladies' group. I was in a men's group. We still stayed in church together. Seasons. There were times in my life there was a season where I was working on Saturdays, and I couldn't commit. I couldn't contribute to the church like I wanted to because I was working. That's a reality, folks. Some people have to work on Saturdays. Some people have to work on Sundays so us Baptists can go out and eat after church. You'll get that on the way home. There are seasons, so I'm not preaching at you. I'm just preaching to the the truth that things happen in our lives. The jobs change. We have activities. I mean, there was a time in our life where Diane was taking the girls to a soccer game every night of the week except Friday. I was a traveling 
uh, guy out, out and she was doing that all by herself. She couldn't get committed very much through that time period, could she, on something else. It was about our kids. But we had them in youth group, didn't we, on Sundays. You drug us all, including me at that point. We have busy work schedules, jobs change, but we have activities. But every believer is a minister, and God is calling you and leading you, I believe, to do something to use your special gifts. Another reason that we should contribute our gifts is because every ministry is important. Think about it. You walked in here this morning. From the time you got out of the parking lot, if everything was working correctly, somebody greeted you immediately. We conscientiously try to do that. Can you imagine life at Burlington Baptist without Gary Anderson at the door? There's kids that cry when you're not there. Some cry when you are. (laughs) We love Gary. Uh, Another ministry, you went back there and had coffee, didn't you? You had donuts, some of you. You fellowshiped. You go in the building, you see things throughout the people. are Right now, while we're sitting here, there's people down in the basement teaching classes. There are things going on. You know why they're doing that? And they're not doing it because they're getting paid. They're doing that because their hearts are about Jesus. They want to give back. It's not out of obligation. A lot of ministries, setting up the communion. Uh, just uh, There's a lot of things that go on here that people don't even realize. Little things. You know, and it's not always the big, bright things that you see that are the most important. Rick Warren is one of my favorite pastors, and he's in California. And I love what he says. He says, it's not always the biggest light in the house that's the most important, especially when you get up in the middle of the night. He said, his wife says that for him, his favorite light is when the one comes on in the refrigerator. (laughs) The fact is that we're shining our lights, right? Right? Whatever your gift is, think about this. What is your passion? What do you love to do? Mine's music. You guys know that. I mean, we've talked about that. What a blessing to use the thing that God has given you. I knew a lady that loved to sew. You know what she did? She made blankets. And we gave them out to folks that were shut-ins. I knew uh, people who liked to draw pictures, and they do things for graphics for us from time. We got all kinds of opportunities. All kinds of opportunities. The third reason that I believe we need to contribute our gifts is because we all depend on each other, whether we like it or not. God wired us that way. One of our uh, ministries came back, Beth came back from a uh, ministry seminar, and she said, you know what? We've been saying about these kids. Do you know that kids are born, when we're born as children, we're all born hardwired to be in a community? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Think about what the Bible says. In the beginning, God created, and he didn't want us to be alone, did he? He put us in a community. We need each other. Think about those times in your life when you've had something go wrong. Aren't you glad that you had somebody to face it with you? Aren't you glad you had somebody that was there for you? Somebody that helped you through? And you know why they did that? Because they love you and they love Jesus. It wasn't about religion. It was about following the Lord. As I uh, read this this week, I thought about uh, all the people in this church that, that give and give and give. In Luke 6, Jesus was teaching his disciples, and he talks to them about judging. He says, judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. Did you catch that? A lot of judging in that one there. Bottom line is, however you treat other people is how you'll be treated, basically. And if you don't forgive other people, forgiveness is hard for you. And he goes on, and then he says, giving. In Luke six thirty eight, he says, give and you will receive a large quantity. Pressed down together, shaken down, and running over 
will be put into your pocket, the standards you use will be applied. Something to think about. And another reason I think we need to share our gifts is because we were all created by God to do certain things. The human brain appears to be organized to ask ultimate questions and seek answers about God and our purpose in life. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And that we're not content until we find that purpose. There are people in this church that are gifted and organized. (laughs) You're not looking at one of them, but there are people that do that. (laughs) There are people that love to work with children. There are people that, that love to teach. There are people that are given to hospitality. And as I read this and was writing this and started putting this together, faces would go before me. There's people who's been doing this in this church for years, and they inspire us. It's not just about sitting on the sidelines. 1 Corinthians 12 says that we are a body, and if we're not functioning together, we're, all of us, something's missing. Amen? Amen? I'm not preaching at you. Like I said, this may come across a little hard, but my point is this. As a new pastor in this church... I really mean it. I don't want anybody leaving this place saying I never had an opportunity to serve. That church is a cliquish church. That church doesn't reach out. They don't care. That is not the case here. The case here is that we want you to be involved. As a child of God, it's your responsibility to be a part of this and to get involved, okay? And I'm asking you. I'm asking you to pray about it and think about it. And 1 Corinthians 12 talks about that. The last part of this this, this, uh, contributing is a part that I said is kind of difficult as a pastor. It always has been for me, and that's talking about money. It's a sensitive subject for me. There are members of my family who don't attend church, and I've heard it for 40 years. Every time I go to church, all they talk about is money. So I'm a little sensitive to that. But I tell you what, the fact of the matter is the Bible teaches that we are to give our money and share with the church. We are to do that. There are many good things that I believe God wants us to do with our money. We provide for our families, don't we? We have a nice place to live. But I believe our spiritual approach to money and possessions is the central part of our spiritual lives. When I was a young man, I got my first job. I worked at a gas station back in the day. When you pulled up and it went ding, ding, and a guy came round and out and he had, can I help you? And they'd tell you what, I was the guy. I was making $1.35 an hour, Mike. It was an amazing day. You know how long it takes to save up money to buy a car at $1.35 an hour? <laughs> I got my first check. I remember going home, and, and, and my dad, he, uh, you know, he, w- he was a Christian. I lost him in 2009. He's very dear to me, but he gave me a lot of life lessons. I had that check, man, $1.75 an hour. I don't remember how many hours I worked, but it wasn't a whole lot of money. And dad said, so what are you going to do with that? I said, I'm going to save up and buy me a car. I'm going to get me a car, man. I'm excited about that. They said, good, but you're going to put 10% of that in church Sunday. And I went, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, you're going to give, that, give it back to the Lord because the Lord gave you the next breath that you're breathing, all the breaths that you had while you were working. And don't you ever forget that, that God blesses you and you have to give back. It's in the Bible, son. A few years later, um, I was married, and I came home and was talking to Dad, and he said, so how you doing on your spiritual walk kind of thing? You know, I didn't go into that exact thing, but he said, uh, are you tithing? And I said, uh, well, he said, let me see your checkbook. <laughs> he said, because if you look at your checkbook, he said, you'll see where your priorities are. At the time, there was a lot of checks to Harley-Davidson in there. <laughs> Thank you.
In Romans 12, it lists one of the spiritual gifts as giving. And our motives on giving should be that it comes from our heart. So you don't pay a tithe, you give a tithe. Amen? I mean, you want to give back because God has blessed you. Think about this. Everything that we have, the Lord has blessed us. And it just happens that we are blessed to be even in this place, in this country, where we are. Think about how blessed we are. Look at this. We're sitting in a sanctuary, padded pews, air conditioning. There are people meeting in secret today in homes because it's against the law. How blessed are we to be in this place? We give because we recognize that God has blessed us. In the Beatitudes, in Matthew's Gospel, starting in chapter 5, Jesus was teaching a crowd. And he said this about giving as he winds that down. He says, don't do your good works to be seen by men. Man, that's tough, isn't it? Give your contributions privately. Giving is taught and illustrated in the whole Bible, the entire Bible. It's, you see illustrations about giving. And Luke chapter 19 is one of, the, one of the greatest stories. I love this story. Jesus is walking along, and he's passing through Jericho. And there's, there's this guy, and his name is Zacchaeus. And he was short in stature. And he wanted to see Jesus. So you know what he did? He got in this tree. He climbs up in a tree. Y'all heard his story? How many of you heard the story about Zacchaeus? Yeah, we used to sing the song. Yeah, that's the one. That's the guy. And so Jesus, Jesus walks by, and he looks up, and he says, hey, I'm going home with you today. Come on down. Let's go. But the beautiful thing about this story that you don't really know unless you get into the context of it is Zacchaeus was a tax man. And at the time, in this culture, I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about at the time, a tax man was like, whew, they weren't very well respected. And people didn't, I mean, because they were thought that they had sided with the Roman government and they were crooked and cheating and they were taking money. And, and so here's Jesus calling this guy out that's basically in the eyes of other people, a sinner, and he's saying, hey, come on down, because I'm going home with you today. What? And he went home with Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus had an experience with Jesus, and it was real. And you know what he did? You read the rest of the story, you know what he did? He gave half of his money to the kingdom work. Half, Lee. And then he said, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to give you a debt back four times what I did wrong. And you know what Jesus said to him? Today, salvation has come to your house. Not because he bought salvation, but because his heart was in the right place. And he recognized that it really wasn't about that. It was about following Jesus. It was his priorities. And when we do that, we give back to the Lord. Amen? And this church is really good at that, and I appreciate what happens in this church in that regard. Another example of giving out of the Bible is in Acts chapter 2. This is contributing our finances and thought, right? Acts chapter 2, the church in Jerusalem. People were being converted there, and they were selling their possessions and giving it to needy people. It's amazing. And then in Mark 12, as Jesus watched people at the temple coming up, and they would bring their offerings, and they would put them in the, they would put them in the basket, and Jesus was watching. People walk up there with these big clumps of money, I imagine, and threw it in there, and Jesus watched this, and then there was a lady that walked up, a poor widow lady. And she walked up, and she had two coins, and she threw those in. And Jesus said, I tell you this, she gave more out of her poverty than you did. 
See, it was about the heart. It was about the attitude. She gave everything that she had. You know, one of the things I'm proud of as, as, as Baptists, as Southern Baptists, is that we have a thing called the cooperative program where when you give money to this church, we give to a cooperative program which reaches out all over the world. Did you know that? We support missionaries and we support people, and it's part of what we do as Baptists, isn't it, Lee? And it's a beautiful thing. Personal thing, finances and tithing. It's between you and God. But I ask you to think about that, pray about that. So many of you support our church, and what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is that we're able to do the ministries that we do because of your generosity following the Lord. The body of Christ, it takes all of us. It takes every single one of us to really make this thing function like it's supposed to and seek God's will. Oh, we can go, we can go on, and we do, but there are times when maybe the gift that you have is specifically needed. As I read those statistics, again, it occurred to me that, that I don't want you leaving here without knowing that you're being asked. I don't want you to feel guilty. I'm not trying to pressure you into doing something that you don't want to do. I just want you to know there's an opportunity here if you want to do it. As we go into the fall here at this church, there are various ministries that are going to be firing up. And some of them need help. Because other people are going into seasons of their life, so maybe it's time for you to go into one where you can support um, there's a video that I want you to watch. And if you've been sleeping, I want you to wake up now and watch this, because this is, this is very important. Nobody's been sleeping. I'm just teasing. Watch this video. In your bulletins today, uh, there was an insert like this, and uh, we use cards around here a lot. Um, so I want to tell you that this is in your bulletin. If you've prayed for the last few weeks, or even this morning as God's leading you to, to be a part of one of these ministries, downstairs... We have tables set up, and there's people manning those tables to answer your questions. I'm serious about this. I really want you to get involved if you're not. There's so many of you that are. Thank you for doing that. But if you're standing on the fringes, today's your opportunity to do that, okay? We're going to sing. This is a time if you're here today and you're a guest. We're so glad that you came to be a part of our church service. This is a time where it's about what you want to do as far as coming forward and praying, praying in your seats. If you have a need, there's cards in front of your pews. Fill those out. We'll be glad to pray for you. We'll give you a call this week. We have communion on both sides here. I want to encourage you, if you want to come and take communion, you're more than welcome to do that. Will you stand with me? Brother Danny, will you lead us in a song? The invitation is open.